0: conservativism is racism. I'm going to just throw it out there. And the re- reason why I say that is what are you trying to conserve? You're trying to conserve the racist systems that actually divide and hurt my people. That's what you're trying to conserve. So when you say you are conservative and you don't want to progress, you are racist and not from a, I hate black people. It's, I support the racist systems that hurt Black people. That's what you're telling me when you say I'm a conservative.
1: What up, what up, what up, what up?
2: It's Three Brothers No Sense. I'm Tavares Ferguson, a.k.a. Ferg. Joining my co-hosts, Buff and Rozzy, but more importantly... We have a special guest. Y'all know who we got on today? We got who? Mike
0: James. <laughs> who? Mike James.
2: Yeah, we got one of our loyal listeners. I mean, this dude shares our show. He responds. He interacts, man. I mean, we can't really ask for anybody better. So let me tell you a little about this young man, Mike James. He's a life coach certified through the Certified Life Coach Institute. He is the founder and owner of PNZ Life Coaching where he partners with you to unlock your power spiritually, mentally, socially, physically and financially so you can become the best version of yourself. He is also a motivational speaker and event MC with a background in health and fitness. Mike takes a total body approach to coaching. His vision is to help all individuals with a desire to become capable, competent, confident, conscious and courageous to achieve greatness. Some of Mike's passions are health and wellness, physical recovery, and the youth. And I'm going to throw in three brothers, no sense. So yes, sir. Mike, James, take it <laughs> away. Tell the people about yourself. I read your lo- I read what, what I know about you, but tell them a little more about you.
1: Man, man I'm just a, I'm a fun-loving people person. I, I always say if, if there was a picture by a people person in the Encyclopedia Britannica, Uh, from back in the day before we had Google, my face would be there, man. Um, You know, Alabama, uh, born and raised. I'm from East Alabama. Well, born actually in Columbus, Georgia, but I grew up in uh, Phoenix City area, Phoenix City, Alabama. So East Alabama, went to UAB, UAB alum. uh, And, uh, you know, just, I'm just passionate about life, man. I I always tell people my personal, my life's mission is to share my light, love, and positivity. So anything with fun and, 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 you know, just joy, man, that's all me.
2: Oh, that's dope man so what's on your mind though mike what's what's going on in your head what's what's, what's up with mike today
1: man today well, you know what today today's been a good day you know uh, to take a patient and song, it's been a good day you know where um i, I have family uh coming in uh, one of my brothers his birthday is today so you know we just been you know you do those little last minute tidy ups around the house oh, yeah. um, you know and all that but man, you know, it's just one of those days where I think in the last couple of weeks has just been reflective for me. Um, I'm about a year out uh, from getting certified as a life coach. Actually, yesterday um, is a year out and, um, you know, a few years out from horrible accidents. So it's just been just a reflective period for me, man. So yeah, man, I'm, I'm feeling good, man.
2: I got to ask, what made you go into life coachery? I don't know if that's a word, but it's a word today O-chury. on the show. I like
1: okay. it. I like it. I, I, look, I, can I use that? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <I'm taking it. laughs> you know what? I, that's a great question. My, my background, like I say, was health and fitness. So I'm um, exercise science major um, in college. And so for 15 years, I was a personal trainer full time. And, um, you know, I tell people some of the best, some of my best sessions were those ones where I can literally see a client just walk in with just baggage on, you know, and I'm looking like, okay, not going to get some work out of you today. And it was those part, it was those times where it may be crying or something. Okay, let's go in this other room and we talked through some problems. Those were more fulfilling to me than just hurting somebody, you know what I'm saying? Or taking somebody through the ringer. And so it was at one of those points where I was like, okay, I had been in uh, um, management and ownership prior in the fitness field, and I was like, you know, it took me had a bad experience, some investor issues, and all that good stuff, and so I said, look, I don't, I don't want it right now. I'm good being an employee. I'm good, Um, and so it got back to that stage where it was an itch. You know, if if entrepreneurship is, is either in you or it ain't, that's <laughs> it true, ain't for true. everybody. You know what I mean? I know it's trendy these days, but it's not for everybody. And so it was one of those things where I was questioning what I wanted to do. And it was like, you know, do what, do what you're passionate about and what's right in front of you. And I've always been the type love helping people through their issues and problems and stuff. And, you know, friends have always come to me, my dad, when I was a little kid, I'm like, why are you asking me these questions? So, so it was just a natural progression for me really.
2: Oh man, that's crazy. I mean, I've had several people mention life coachery to me as a path. Cause I, I just feel like I have an affinity to help people that that's what fills me at the end of the day. That's kind of why I started the podcast. I was just lazy and um, didn't want to go through the coachery uh, aspect of it, but <laughs> you know, I mean, hats off to you, man. I know it's hard work and determination and you hit on some stuff that I'm going to bring back up on during my time, but fellas, what's on your mind? Uh, for me, So as as an adult,
3: I remember I always say when I first bought a mattress, I didn't realize how expensive they were. Like that's the one that's one of the things that surprised me as an adult that I purchased for myself. I got to add to that list now. Bicycling, that's expensive. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they have bikes out there. I did not know a bicycle could cost thirty five hundred dollars. Now, don't get me wrong. I didn't buy that one, but I just didn't even know it could go that much. Like, it's and crazy.
2: Throwing yeah. the accessories? Yes, yeah,
3: exactly. Like my 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 homeboy was like, so did you get your goggles or, or glasses? I'm like, I said, what the hell I need that for? He was like, for the sun and bugs. I was like, man, come on. Bike rack, all this stuff. Helmet. Shoes. It's it's adding up, man. It's yeah. adding did, up. Did you get like riding gloves and
0: <laughs> all that. Like, why? I, I didn't know you needed you all that. You want
3: to get a fanny pack bar? You no, know, <laughs> I'm not getting a fanny, mac, fanny, fanny pack vars. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's a but, it's a male waist carry-all, bro. Man, I'm used to riding around
3: the streets of Pritchard, man. I didn't need all that. All I needed was my bike and whatever I was wearing. Yeah, we didn't even wear helmets back then, so... Exactly. I was like, <laughs> I never fell off... I, I fell off my bike, but I never, like, landed on my head, so... Like wearing a helmet is like new to me, man. So,
2: that, yeah, I remember, you remember the, we had an episode a few, few months back. Now where we're talking about, I think the biggest thing, you know, that's when Razzie dove off the roof. Uh, yeah, I fell over on a bike. Yeah, I, that ramp thing. So, uh-huh. as long as you're not jumping any ramps, bro. I was, was be saying, good. like that, that, I don't <laughs> yeah.
3: plan on doing that. But and I broke my
0: tailbone on. on a bike. So, yeah, wow. it, it, all kind of stuff. So bikes are dangerous, so you need the helmet.
2: Yes,
3: <laughs> Get I, I, I yeah. got the helmet. Okay, okay. Yes. all right.
2: <laughs> <laughs> don't want nobody saying you told our kids not to ride a bike without a, a helmet.
0: Yeah,
3: <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs>
2: What's up with <What's laughs> right. you, Razi?
0: Um, two things. Uh, first of all, I just want to say, in the biggest Uzbekistan irony that there is, Herman Kane. Ten. Went to Trump's rally, yes, <laughs> and then didn't wear a mask and caught the COVID. So I just want to throw that out there. And I'm just, I'm, I'm worried. I pray for him. I pray for the family. I, you yeah. know, you, you I, use
3: I, your I, serious voice, though.
0: Yeah, uh, I mean, that is my serious voice. <laughs> 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 Go deeper. Oh, oh, speak, oh, my just, my just, bad, my man. man. Speaking from here. I got, I got right, to now. get We're quiet. Good, I'm good, like, good. Good. I, I really, I really, really pray yeah. for the family. But, um, I just want to let you know that it it is, it is irony till it's fullest. Like we keep telling y'all I've said it so many times. Corona is not going away. And this is a testament to it. Go out there and be dumb. If you want. I heard about kids at UA that were having Corona parties and they had a pool that the first person that got it, would get the pool of money. I mean, it's, it's just stupid stuff like that. Like they're, they're playing with it and, You know, it's annoying me more than anything else. Um, So listeners, take it seriously. And on a higher note uh, or a lighter note, I just want to say I'm excited because the John Wick director announced that he is remaking Highlander. So that's going to be pretty awesome. That's one of my favorite movies ever. The the original Highlander, the, like second and third when they kind of sucked. But um, the original Highlander was awesome and they're remaking that. So excited about that one. And Flashpoint, they, uh, they finally got a script for the Flash movie and uh, they're doing Flashpoint exactly how I wanted them to so they can reboot the sucky DC universe that they have. So that's going to be big for oh, nerds okay. out
2: there. Are they going to mess it up?
0: I doubt it. I mean, they from what my understanding, they've kind of learned their lesson. They are literally taking Flashpoint from the comics and the uh, animated movie or uh, the animated version and just recreating it live action. If they do that, it's kind of hard to mess up. So I think it's going to be pretty good.
2: And they, that
0: gives them a way to get rid of all the crap that they did with justice league and all that. So excited about that.
2: Yeah. I mean, it's going to be, it's going to be like two or three series.
0: No, nah, it's a movies. single single movie. Uh, but flashpoint, it, for anybody who doesn't does know the story of flashpoint, so you guys know Barry Allen, the, the flash, he can time travel. He travels back in time to save his mom. And that creates a ripple effect in time. So once he gets back to current day, come to find out, Superman landed in a different spot. He's been trapped underground the whole time, so he never actually becomes Superman. Batman, his Batman as the son died. And his dad actually becomes Batman, uh, and his mom becomes the Joker. And so that's the Batman Joker uh, thing that's happening. And then you have Aquaman and wonder woman wonder woman visits atlantis sleeps with aquaman so aquaman's wife jumps in so wonder woman kills aquaman's wife and so then it it starts a civil war between the amazons and the atlanteans and it totally destroys earth because you know humans they just ain't got it in them to do anything to stand between them so it's like a super awesome storyline, and it all happens in like an hour and a half, two hours. So, I mean, if, if they can take the storyline and take the animated version and make it live action, it's a go. And if you want to see what I'm talking about, just go watch Flashpoint. It's the animated version of it, and it's it's good. notes right there. No, I
3: was like, Young and, and the Yes. <laughs>
2: yeah. I, I was, I was, just, I I was waiting for Victor yeah. Newman to do something on that, you know?
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's well, more like passion.
0: Pit. Then the, the young and the restless. Yeah, that nineties, yeah,
2: like yeah. They had a witch and a mine <laughs> and a wardrobe and everything in that show. Yeah. Um, so, Risey, if the movie sucks, we're blaming you. Just throw it out there. You know, you got us all excited. And um, That's fair. You know, <laughs> okay. No pressure. You know, it's not like the DCU has messed up stuff in the past. <laughs> exactly. But um, you guys kind of hit on two things I wanted to talk about. I'm going to start with you, Mike. You were talking about uh, entrepreneurship. It's so hilarious now where you just like it's a fad. And even though entrepreneurship is a great thing, I think people need to be open or not even be confused with entrepreneurship and multiple streams of income. Because I think what people need to realize is you can work a nine to five. And we hit on that a few episodes ago. You can work a nine to five and still make a, a decent living and do well by your family. It's additional streams of income because that entrepreneurship is not for everybody. Definitely. You take that drastic pay that pay cut trying to live this dream that may not be your, your calling, you know, that's some added stress. You know, uh, so find... I think everybody should at least try to have additional streams of income. Look, look into that more. And now during the, during the Rona, it's the perfect time to start looking into that stuff. And speaking of the Rona, it's, it's hilarious how the, the U S is trying to force the reopening. It's just, it's, it's incredible. I'm I'm thinking about the NBA and all the backlash, or they're getting from a lot of the players because they're kind of like, we're not playing. And it's weird because I'm thinking about in the past when it came to finals and the playoffs, it was all due to injury. What happens when the LA Lakers or the Milwaukee Bucks come down with the Rona? Like what, you know, like, or their Joel Embiid gets the Rona. Like that's, he didn't get hurt. You know, it wasn't a freak accident injury. It's like, okay, your star player goes down. All of a sudden, there's another asterisk. You know, people are still talking about last year's championship with the asterisk because of Golden State being hurt. But what happens when the Lakers, half their starting lineup has the Rona? Does it lose? Do we lose the quality of the game? And they're just, I feel like we're just Americans are just pushing it just because we need to be entertained. We feel like we deserve to be entertained. And it's just weird to me. It's just like, man, there's so many things. You start seeing these random people popping up. Who was it that passed out during their comedy show the other day, D.L. Hughley?
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, it's just yeah. like you
2: know, we're trying to get back to normal, but we just we have to realize it's it's not normal right now. So it's gonna be interesting to see how that plays out, especially if they open up college football and all these other contact sports. You know, I think there's gonna be an asterisk by sports for the foreseeable future because. All it takes is for one or two people to get sick and that there goes your season. Yeah, it's it's crazy, um,
1: man, because, you know, <clears throat> speaking on that COVID, it's crazy that the focus right now is the economy and we got to get it back running and we got to get it back going. And it's the, okay, all these um, these things that's going to happen if we don't get it going, do you know how as much is going to affect us and this and that? But what about life? What about human life? You know, the deaths and the different things that you're going to take families through. And we don't know the impact that it's going to have with being reckless, how long that's going to last. You're saying, let's go back, let's open up. And, and like you said, it's, to me, I think it's a privilege. Um, it's one of those things where, you know, as white privilege has been thrown out there. It's like an American privilege where we're so spoiled to where we have to have our entertainment. You got to tell, well, I can't have my favorite restaurant. I can't have my basketball, my baseball. And it's one of those things where, okay, we're just going to forget about the lives that are at jeopardy. And we're going to think about that. And then back to what you said with that entrepreneurship, man. Yeah. It's, it's a sacrifice, no matter if you think you're ready or not, you know, it's just like, if if you're, dating. And you, and you want to pop the question like you never truly it's never the perfect time to be getting married. <laughs> it's never the perfect time to make mm-hmm. a life changing decision, you know. And so it's one of it's the same thing with entrepreneurship. Like you said, it—it it is a big difference between that. And multiple streams of income, you know, me being a full time entrepreneur, that's not my only stream of income. Right. And so going into that also, like I said, is a sacrifice and you have to have you have to have a a foundation to where um, when things are going wrong or things are not going as you plan because you wrote it down and you got your little plan, you know, when COVID hits, you got to have a contingency plan. And, and one thing of that is support system. So I always call my wife, my CEO, because like, she, she's just brilliant, man. The ideas, she pushed so many ideas and things to me of, of what to do and all that. So, yeah, man, it, it takes time. And I think for the most part, I always tell people whether there's clients or me just putting it out there, in my videos, write things down, man, because you got to have that plan because things are going to come at you that you didn't plan for. So at the very least you can have a foundation to start with.
3: It's crazy too, man. If we had to collectively just do what we were supposed to do, if we probably could be pretty much past this. But nobody, like the country, never fully quarantined and locked down together. Mm-mm. You know, you still yeah. had a certain segment of people still going out doing their thing. And like the numbers are going up now. So it's, it's crazy, man. Mm-hmm
1: and then here we are on the fourth weekend coming up on yeah, right. they're going like, they go like, anyway remember it was supposed to go oh,
3: away when the summer hit <laughs> yeah
2: mm-hmm. that, that heat is going to get yeah I forgot about that <laughs> forgot about that that's our president. All right. Well, well, luckily black folks are not celebrating the Fourth, so maybe if some of us will stay home.
1: Yeah, some of those black people lying. They
2: mm-hmm. lie. Uh, they lie. I'm one of them.
1: Well, here's the thing: black people will say they're not celebrating the Fourth, but for the most part, we, I was we, talking we, to my brother. We never celebrated. He was like, he was like, man, uh, you know, I, I, I told him, I said, no. He's like, man, the, the girls wanted to get some fireworks. And you know, if you want to go in I, well, you can get them. Yeah. You know, I am <laughs> not I'm not oh, yeah. I'm not spending my dollars on that. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So yeah. I look at people still be cooking out and stuff.
2: Yeah. I look at it as a long I mean most holidays I never really like Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is not about the pilgrims sitting around a table. Um and yeah. all that. It's it's just a it's a chance for me and family to get together. That's it's a day it off That's and you good. know
3: That's what it is. I
2: don't think black people really celebrate most holidays yeah,
3: they're, they're, for what they are. Fourth yeah, of July. It, it's not too many people that say, happy Fourth of July. America's birthday, man. That's what sucks. Yeah, Independence yeah. Day. Yeah. It's, it's like, like, yo, who made the mac and cheese? Yeah.
0: It's a day off for everybody to get together and spend time with family. I, I, that's what I look at it. I, I really don't care. Like yeah. So, it, you know, folks like, oh, I'm not going to celebrate. I'm, I'm going to celebrate it like I normally would. I'm going to barbecue. We're going to sit around. We're going to eat. We're going to go watch the fireworks because the kids like to see fireworks. And it's really the only time mm-hmm. that they get to see them. So, yeah, I'm going to celebrate it. But
1: yeah,
0: I'm going to use it as an opportunity uh, to explain, yes, this is when America was freed from Britain. Black people were not free yet so let's understand and, and 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 it's you can still celebrate the independence of america because we still are americans uh it took us it took us longer to get our freedom and all that but you can still celebrate that time i mean it, america still is the greatest nation in the world let's be honest here we are blessed to be able to live in america all the dirty past of it um it is is our past but i mean we we can't say, oh, we don't want to celebrate that part uh, because it still made us kind of the same way I said, I don't regret anything that I've done. We regret that, but in my past is my past. And it it made me who I am today. It made us who we are today. So, you know, I'm, I, I'm going to celebrate it. Not like, you know, some of those miracle people are, but I'm still going to celebrate
1: America. What are you? America. Mm-hmm.
2: All right, we're back. Three brothers, no sense. Um, like we said earlier, we have our brother Mike James on with us today. And we're just hoping that as a life coach, Mike can give us a little life lesson today or breathe a little life into these jokes that Rise has done in the past. So, Mike, do you have any jokes for us today?
1: Man, you know what? I, I don't want to disappoint, man. So... I got a little joke series. It's just a little three joke series, man. And um, I want y'all to, you know, just think about this, man. I have questions for you because that's what life coaching is all about. We're just asking questions. So, got three questions for you. What do you call a cow with a twitch? Beef jerky. <laughs> wait a minute, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Hold on. Slow down. Slow down. What do you call a cow with two legs? Lean beef. <laughs> Hold on. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Let's go and cap this thing off now. Let's put the icing on the cake. What do you call a cow with no legs?
3: Ground beef. Oh. Oh. I should have got, <laughs> got that one. I should have got that one, yo. Come
0: on. <laughs> I wish that people could see me in my
2: head. <laughs> I wish y'all could see Rozzy's face of disgust. <laughs> 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 Fucking traitors. <laughs> nah, oh, man. Yeah, nah, man.
1: <laughs> By the way, let me just interject this, man. Rozzy, I'm with you, man. I, I'm, I'm always laughing at the jokes, man. It's all about delivery, man. And I, I'm... A... <laughs> I'm always cracking up because despite the fact that my wife has stole my thunder as of the last, maybe two years, I was like the uh, lame corny dad joke originator.
2: <laughs> well, well Rosie, you have a, a brother in jokes. There you go. There you go. Do you do life coaching for jokes though? Can you, can you, can we get Rosie a session or something? <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's all about delivery, man. It's all about delivery. <laughs> you
0: saw the lean Risey the, and the shimmy shake the the jerky the the the, the listeners don't, don't can't see that so it don't matter I'm, I'm I'm see man <laughs>
2: oh rise we got hating rise today
0: whatever whatever
2: um well mike you know what we do when we have a guest on we try to let them open up with their question do you have a question for the brothers today
1: Man, I thank you. And let me, let me just backtrack a little bit. First of all, thank y'all, man. I I, I told y'all, and this is something just real. This is honesty. Y'all, this is one of my favorite podcasts. And oh, I, I definitely appreciate it, man. I, I wanted to do the ultimate, since we're in an election year and um, this political season, I wanted to do the ultimate pander and have on my three bro- brothers shirt. But uh, <laughs> your boy, I got to get back in the gym a little bit. It's like, man, this ain't comfortable. <laughs> so, but yeah, man, you know, um, um, so thank y'all uh, first of all, but the question, you know, it, it seems like the last couple of episodes, right? It's like, man we, we're trying to move from this this climate and the seriousness that's going on. but the question I had, man, to you all is, um with everything that we're seeing going on, whether we're talking about the the protesting and the, and no time in history, I think, at least in my lifetime, have we seen the world? doing things at the same time. And so many organizations and companies that are making these statements, man, I've been on three Zooms just this week alone of different organizations in and around Birmingham area that's having these deep conversations and and talking about things. And we're seeing these statements being made every day from someone or some group. And so the question I have is with seeing that, do y'all feel that the this wave of, of movement, I'll say movement, I'm not gonna say change right now, but this wave of movement that we have. Uh, do y'all feel like it will stick and if it will really affect real change? So I know that's kind of a loaded question, man, but uh but that's that's kind of the thought because that's what I've been that's one of the questions I've been posing in a lot of these group discussions and things that I've been having. I've been connected with some great people, you know, connections on LinkedIn and you know, movers and shakers in the Birmingham area. But uh, that's the that's the one question I have because we can talk about some things, but do we really think it's going to be lasting and if it's going to impact real change?
3: I, I'm going to say yes. I think for Black people, this is our, quote, Me Too movement. And so uh, you see with the Me Too movement, you see a lot of people being extremely cautious on how they behave and what they say, to women and around women. And I think that's about as far as it goes. But I think for us, I'm hoping it goes beyond that. I, you know, it's good to see the companies come out and say these different things and put out these statements, how they support us. That's great. It's good to hear. It's good to see the uh, the protests, like you mentioned, all over the world. But I hope we go a step beyond Me Too. Uh, and maybe the women can answer to this better, because I don't think there's been a significant change in you know, uh, fighting to pay women the same amount or hiring more women in, in top executive positions. So I hope this is our Me Too movement, and we go a, a step further and see more people, see more Black people hired in executive positions and and uh, given more leadership jobs. I see the NFL is going to uh, play "Lift Every Voice and Sing" during the first week of the uh, season. That's great, but. I think if I'm not mistaken, there's only three NFL coaches, two, three uh, black NFL coaches, two black NFL GMs. Let's get more of those hired. Let's get more black head coaches and more uh, GMs hired because that's, that to me shows me that you really, you know, want to make a difference and make a change because when you got the Miami Dolphins calling Mike Tomlin too hip hop for their organization, that's a problem. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. there's no reason that uh, Eric Bieniemy shouldn't have a head coaching job right now. So I want to see those type of movements. But I do, as we said, I think a few episodes ago, it feels different this time. I could be wrong about that, but I do think it's different this time. It'll stick. I just want to see it go beyond the verbal, uh, congratulatory "We're with you, Black people" things. I want to see real change.
0: Yeah, and 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 I do think it's going to stick like you talked about the Me Too movement and and you know us kind of being like that. Uh I, I I'll just bring up what, what you guys may not have heard or you may have heard about uh the gender rooney or the Rooney rule. So in the NFL and and so a lot of corporations now are adopting the gender rooney rule, which is uh kind of the same thing with uh females, uh saying that You know, for positions, higher positions, executive level positions, you have to put in a qualified female applicant into those those, you know, uh, at least into the hiring pool. You have to show that, you know, you did something almost like affirmative action. You had to you have to show that you put somebody uh, that that was qualified. They have to be qualified. But that you put somebody in front of the hiring manager and and, and at least gave them an opportunity uh, to hire. That's that's where the Rooney Rule came from and in the NFL. They, they had it where you know you had to have a a, uh, a minority at least interview for it. So the, the, there's strides happening, but again, it's it's going to have to be a protracted, consistent fight. We we talked about it in our they ain't gonna do episode like companies unless we hold their feet to the fire. They're not going to do anything. The politicians, unless we hold their feet to the fire, they're not going to do anything. So what we have to do is really be aware of where we're spending our dollars. Uh, you saw, you know, Nike and I, I can't remember the two other companies that uh, pulled their funding.
3: FedEx and it was one other. But I it know from the Redskins. Yeah, yeah from the redskins yeah, yeah,
0: until yeah. they 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 pulled they pulled all their funding from the Redskins until they changed their name, so companies are starting to be smart and and money is what it's about so what'll happen is if we can continue to boycott continue to vote with our dollars if we can continue to force these companies to be outspoken for us, then we might be okay uh i mean The U.S. has been labeled an oligarchy. We've been downgraded from a democracy to an oligarchy. Uh, And it's mainly because money runs almost everything that we do now. And so we have to push our money and our weight around to be able to do that. If, you know, we're going to go back to the little, um, what is it? The little market in, in 8 Mile that had the racist comments and they ran a chicken sale and everybody started going back to the spot just because they sold chicken you know, and put a, a nice sale on, we we got to be more consistent than that or we're not going to have change. So just make sure, folks, if you are going to, if you really want to see change and continue to see change, then you continue to back up what you're talking. Do Walk the talk with your dollars.
3: Pepsi, what's that third company, by the way? Pepsi,
0: yeah.
2: This reminds me when we were young and a lot of us were broke. And this is... Cash money. Everybody want to fix up a car and stuff like this. There's a lot of those old beat up cars that weren't worth much, that were broken down. But we'll throw some rims on them and fresh paint. They're trying to make it look pretty, but they're not fixing the the, the structure, the the bare the bones of the situation. And I think part of it is because we don't have a diagnostic. We don't know what we we if they ask us right now what we want or what we need. We have a a general consensus. You know, do they think? What made a company think, you know what? Let's change the name of Aunt your mama. That's going to really help. Like, that doesn't change anything for us. I mean, it's those little cute little things they're doing. And they're, I know there's some deeper conversations. I think we as a people are going to lead this by our actions and our stances. Like you said, we got to hold our money. we got to hold our feet to the fire. But we also have to have, a I think, a game plan and a clear definition of what, what our expectations are. You know, our wants and expectations can be two different things. You know, is it police reform? Is it uh fair jobs? Is it fair wage? Like what are those things we're talking about so we can all and I and I always say this kind of be on the same accord. So when you have somebody's ear, you can have that from somebody as small as me that doesn't have everybody's ear to Somebody who's talking to the CFO or CEO of a major corporation, or who's in HR for a company, we're talking about the same things. The general consensus is these are things we need to be talking about. These are things that we need to see. These are the expectations of our our our, our black patrons, or our, our just our American patrons. It should just be us as black people wanting these things. It should be all Americans saying, "Hey." you should treat all all your patrons right. You know, a white person going in a bank, like I was reading something the other day where a dude um, was detained for trying to cash his paycheck. $1,000 paycheck went into some little bank and he's never been in there before. Uh, they couldn't get contact with a job in... So they called the police, thinking he was trying to catch a, a cash a fraudulent check. They detained him, put him in the back of the car. The, the police officer finally got in touch with the job to confirm that that he was who he said he was, and uh, that it was a real check. The dude provi- provided two forms of ID and a, a fingerprint, and they still detained him. Like, we have to let all people know that it's not a black issue. These these are things that we want from companies that we support. It should be, you don't want to get on this list. It shouldn't be black people boycotting Chick-fil-A or Walmart. It should be Americans. And until there's a change of heart, which unfortunately I hate to be the pessimist of the group, shit ain't about to change. Yeah. You know, I think it's cute, you know. I got that box Chevy with the, uh, the 20, 20, inch rims and the candy paint, but I did a got an oil change in months and, um, my carburetor about to go out. So I think that's where we are right now. Like we, we're trying to make it look pretty. Like it's, it's cute to see every time you turn around, somebody's doing something, but what else is Pepsi going to do? You know? Is that where they draw their line? Okay, they changed the name of the Washington Redskins.
3: It's it's rich that Pepsi is asking them to do this, considering the commercial they had two years ago.
1: That's <laughs> right. Right. Yeah, and I think just to, to add on to what you're saying, Ferg, is just if we were to bottle up what we all said, right, and, and we all talked about actions that you are going to do. I think it's that cliche saying or that quote that we hear all the time, but do we really think about it? Be the change you want to see. Like reallocate your funds. What are you supporting? You know what I'm saying? What are you saying in these? And that's what I tell people who, Deem themselves as white allies and say, what are you saying? Okay, cool. Your black friend who's just so well-spoken and educated and oh my God, now he's an entrepreneur. It's okay to have these conversations, but what are you saying at the tea table? what are you saying at the lunch table with your friends? What are you saying with your family and your holiday meetings? And so that's the thing. It's like, be the change you want to see. How how much crap are you letting pass by in your circle? And if we all think about that and we change this, and I, I was just on a um, Zoom uh, call or meeting last night with about 12 brothers, you know, just from my uh, chapter with my fraternity and we were talking about that stuff. And I was saying, listen, it all starts with, what are you going to do? You know what I mean? One of my favorite XM radio stations, that's what they always say. What are you going to do about it? And so, like you said, like we all say, you know, that change is going to start with us, man. And so people who don't get it or don't want to get it, that's going to change. Yeah. And And it's, it's so difficult to have
0: a concise black platform because they've done such a good job of dividing us. The NAACP used to be our black platform. If the NAACP said it, that's what black people meant. And they divided us that some of the young black kids don't even trust the NAACP's message now because they're like, oh, you guys are out of date. The Black Lives Matter movement is basically a young NAACP. And the so now we have two groups that are really not aligned uh you got that old black guard and then you have a younger movement that needs to align so that we can have i mean it's just the economies of scale of being able to say the black platform is this and and having some consistency about what we want Uh, i i i I think the Black Lives Matter platform is a very good starting point, but we've got to get the NAACP supporting that Black Lives Matter uh, and, and and them aligning those platforms so that we have a good consistent base to start with. It, it's
2: so, funny you say. I'm
3: oh, sorry, go go back. I was going to say three things. One, not to pick on you, Rosie, because everybody always says this, and I think it's a force of habit. But when you were mentioning like hiring women and hiring minorities as long as they're qualified. I hate that qualifier when talking about hiring black people and hiring women because we don't do that with white males. We don't say, yeah, hire that guy as long as he's qualified. Like, no, just hire. I, you're obviously going to hire people that are qualified. We're just saying hire more minorities, have more diversity. Two, third, I don't want you to think that, I, I know I can speak for myself and I know I think the rest of the guys will agree, we don't think that the hearts of these people are going to change. I think what we're hoping for is that they don't want to take that financial hit and they don't want to be on their list. So that's, what's going to force them to make the necessary changes to make sure they keep our support. And the third thing is, I mean, I do hope they come together, but Riley, I don't I don't trust the NAACP either. And I mean <laughs> they, gave, they gave Donald yeah. Sterling an award. They gave R. Kelly an award. So I, I question their judgment.
2: <laughs> but <laughs> it's it's funny that you say that because the changing the guards kind of left us left us with n- nobody at the gate because you have the NAACP and the, the second part of the black community was the black church. Yeah. And our generation does not trust or fall on the black church like we did in the past. It's even going back to your interview on PE, Buff. When you were talking, Senator Senator, um, Langford Langford was talking about the the position of the church. Like, will that really move our generation? Because you know, the way my parents depended on the church is not the way myself or my my counterparts or my cohorts depend on the church like that. That's not where we go get our information. That's not where we go to get our, our strength as much. And, and it, that's not our gathering it, ground anymore. So, we look exact, like, you, I'm going to say you're exactly right, too.
3: But maybe if the church did more things like that, where they reached out and got more involved, then they would have more of the young
2: people following yeah, them and supporting them. But I think, you know, our generation a lot of times some of us feel like the church is part of the reason we are where we're at. It's you that turn the other cheek that, you know, be a good Samaritan and do this stuff. You know, it's not, is I always, I forgot who said it It was like, uh, I read a, I don't know if it was a quote or somebody made a meme or something like that. Is like, man, black people and white people must have two different Jesus because our Jesus tells us to turn the other cheek, and their Jesus tells them to, to smite them down or whatever the case may be. Because it's like they it's always like, go back yeah, to the, manifest <laughs> destiny and enslaved. Always mother, go back like. to the Bible while they're doing stuff. <laughs> but it's like it's always a biblical reference on why there's a war or why they're reacting or why they're protecting. And it's like you know what? Just you know the by and by in the upper room and turn the other cheek. We we find all the docile passages in the, the Bible that we connect to. So I know a lot of people are like, it keeps telling us to turn the other cheek and to pray for other people and be forgiving. And I'm not tr- here to come down on anybody's religious beliefs. That's not my, my, my intent. It's just in a, in a time like this when we're like, we had Dr. Martin Luther King who was reverend, you know, brought the church in around, and you know, we always say they killed Dr. King. Hell, they killed Jesus. So, um, at the end of the day, is that is that how we're going to make moves? And so, a lot of us aren't turning to the church. So, b- the BLM movement is is one is one avenue, but you also hear you know, the fact that they're trying to turn that into a terrorist organization. It's like, well,
0: that's what they do. That's what they do. The power structure is going to do that. They did that with the the Black Panther Panther Party. The Black Panther Party didn't have guns like that until they started to have to defend themselves. The Black Panther Party started out just feeding their uh, community and saying we will defend ourselves if we have to. And so just so happens they had to start defending themselves. So, I mean, the, the idea of Saying, "Oh, they're going to turn us into a, a terrorist. They're going to defame us anyway. They're going yep. to defame any movement that, uh, like I talked about, that attacks the white power structure. They're going to do that." But I wanted to come back, Byron, real quick on the my my comment of they are qualified. The only reason why I add that qualifier in there is I've heard it too many times from people who don't understand things like affirmative action and what that really means and everything. Mm-hmm. They, they a lot of people think that means it's a quota that I got to have a black person in here regardless. Just pick anybody. I pick anybody <laughs> as long as they know. Yeah. So, <laughs> they took our jobs. Yeah, that's that's why I say that that you know they have to be quali- minimally qualified for the position that, uh, that you know they're putting in there. So if if nice. I am you know, if I am have a pool of four people that I'm interviewing and, you know, the three guys have 10 years, 15 years of experience in this field, I can't bring a female in that has three or five. She needs to have that same 10 to 15 years of experience in the field. She needs that, you know, to to be on the level with those guys uh, if we're going to put them in there. that That's what we're saying. And so then there is no question of are they qualified or not. Good question, Mike. Man, I, 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 that was that was that was a good one. Good discussion. So, I'm gonna kind of piggyback off that. I'm changing my question. Actually, I had a question, but mm-hmm. I, I, we talked a lot about the church and the role that church used to play, and there has been a couple studies out that. Like witchcraft is growing faster than the church is growing <laughs> as a religion right now. And so I want to ask you guys why do you think our generation is walking away from the church and the church can't hold uh, on to the attention of our generation and, and, and Gen Z? Because Gen Z is even worse than us when it comes to walking away from the church. So,
1: Go, fellas. If I, if I could jump in that water, man, I oh man, let me let me. I'll attempt to stay on the surface, but so the thing happens where a lot of stuff with the church, right? This is the thing the church has the perfect infrastructure, has the perfect setup. You're talking about huge edifices in like low income, high income areas, all, you know, it's a church on every block, right? So the church has the infrastructure, but they're not relating to the people for the most part. And so what's happening now, we've moved into this and been moving into this information age, right? So we're we're going from the age of you had to find it. It, it wasn't there for you, you know, we're going, we're leaving that age of, um, you know, we're when you grew up, you saw a lot of fish on the back of the clergy cars and all that stuff. And so here where we talk about translations in the Bible and the literature in there, and it's this thing where Jesus said that I'll be with you until the end of time. Well, it come, turns out that that translation is actually to the end of the age, the age, not this age, not that age, the age. And so now we're moving into a whole different age where now we're in the age of information. Aquarius where the water is being poured out for everybody to see. So now you just can't tell me. We're all from the show me state now. Because once you tell me something, I'll say, "Wait a minute. Hold up. What what you say? I I'm, I'm I'm looking it up." <laughs> yeah, right. you. so it's like, "Wait, that doesn't make <laughs> sense now." So the stories and the the narrative that's being pushed is not relating and now you have the thing where the Gen Z especially they're not you can't just tell them do as I say and not as I do because they're gonna say no I see you you're foul you're this you're telling me this you want me to believe this story or this narrative it doesn't make sense to me it doesn't relate to me and so one thing you brought up which is really good you said how witchcraft is growing now you're you're having people that's searching one thing is a black person in America it's like we don't know where they came from I'm sure we all have white friends that could tell you man my family they were in Italy so it's Italy and Germany and they came over in 1917 and blah 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 and you're like Dang. Really? (laughs) I wish I knew that. And so now you have people searching for that. Where did I come from and all this? So now you're seeing a lot of things where they told us maybe witchcraft or all this stuff was bad and this and that. And so a lot of people are doing things that taps into that spiritual connection that they feel is lost. And so now... Again, we have all this information for us. So you're seeing people go in so many different directions and the church is not speaking to that desire. You know, I've had my own experience and it's one of those things where I tell people all the time, I say, listen, I'm not knocking anyone because I grew up Southern Pentecostal. My dad was a Pentecostal bishop, my mom a Pentecostal evangelist. And so I say, listen, I don't regret anything. But again, it was so many things that I didn't know that when I started to read and study for myself and to understand the purpose of this, religious literature and all the texts that we have and many different religions I understand now it's a tool and not a weapon and so I think that's the biggest thing man it's one of those things where it's just not relating it's not connecting we're going through all these things in the black community where we see all this stuff that's been there right but now we got cameras now we got social media and we're seeing it so it's just infiltrating our system all the time it's a flood And that one safe space that you have to go to on Sunday or Wednesday, you want to hear a word, right? That's what we say about church, man. I got to go hear a word. And you go there for that relief or that word and they're talking right past the issue that's affecting you right now. Because that's what happens on Sunday, right? It's like, man, people say, man, he was speaking to me today. Yeah, because it's about a hundred of y'all that's going through the same thing. (laughs) So not that he was talking to you directly, not that she was talking to you directly, but now it's a case where we're seeing all this political unrest, we're seeing all this uh, uh, you know, violent unrest, all these things going on and we go to that safe place. And they're not even talking about it. It's like, it's not even a topic. So I think that's the biggest thing that's happening is just that relatability is just not there,
3: man. Where, where, where do I begin? First off, Mike touched on one of the, the lanes I was going to touch on as far as like, we have a lot more information, but I think the rise of mega churches has hurt their cause and just their lack of, uh, you know, interaction within the community. But with mega churches, if it's one thing, not just Black people, but people in general, hate is seeing people get over. And you see people like the late Bishop Eddie Long and the things he was, was accused of. You see bishops and and preachers with private jets, driving Rolls Royces, and like, if you're somebody that's that's struggling to pay for your Toyota Corolla, you're like, you like know, yo why am I giving money to you <laughs> and you up here and I'm down here? Like that, that's a pyramid scheme, really. So I, I think the mega churches has helped hurt the cause. Um, and look, you know, down there in Houston with uh, Joel Osteen, I don't know what exactly happened, but when you guys had that hurricane and that flood down there first, you know, again, I don't know what happened, but the optics look bad. The for doors his of church. the church were not open; yeah, they, <laughs> they were closed, they were locked. Out. You know what I'm saying? Jeez. So, and, and, and then of course he came like a day or two later, trying to explain and, and whatever the case may be, but things like that make them look bad, man. So just just that, and 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 a lot of what what Mike touched on, I think has, has hurt them. And then we also got to look at the fact that we have a lot more alternative lifestyle people that are, that are out and open about it. And I'll just say it like a, a, a gay homosexual lifestyle, the church talks so down on that. So they're not going to turn to a religion that treats them as the traditional church does. So when you couple all of that together, Yeah, you're going to you're going to see you're going to have more people seeking different religions or witchcraft, as you put it and things like that. So also, I mean, just to touch on what Mike said with the whole information thing, I mean, if you if you read the actual scripture, besides the fact that it's full of some contradictions. But I mean, you go in any church and there's always a guy on the stained glass window that looks like dirt and whiskey with long hair. But then you read the scripture and it's like his hair was like wool his skin was dark. So it's like, yo, which one is it? So it's a lot of confusing messages in traditional church. And I think that's why a lot of young people, especially are not turning to it and looking, looking elsewhere.
2: Uh, I agree with both what what you guys said. I mean, for me, I grew up in the church, you know, I was in children's church. I was in a gospel choir. I was in the male chorus, I, I taught Sunday school. name and I did it, you know. And one thing I remember as a kid, and I'm pretty sure you guys can relate to this: you always had questions, you know. Well, tell me, and the answer was always the same, baby. Just have faith, or oh, don't question God, mm-hmm. or don't exactly don't question God. And as you guys said, we we are the the we are part of the generation of information. And better yet, what Mike said, we're the show me generation. Like, I just can't keep accepting these answers you give me because I've seen the results of the people who have been accepting these answers. And I feel like I can do better. I'm not not saying I'm better than them, but I can do better. So we're saying we have real world issues and we're still getting the same. You're telling me to do the same things you told us to do. Two hundred years ago, three hundred years ago, hundred years ago, fifty years ago, it's the same answer. The churches come after somebody gets killed, and it's like, let's pray for the family, let's pray for the victims. It's like let's pray for the shooter let's like I will speak for me, and I think I speak for our generation. A lot of us are just tired of that. We're not saying we're tired of religion. we just want we want better answers, and because though the answers you're giving us are still giving us the same result. And so that, that's a big part of it. And it, so it's not relating to us. Like you said, it, we have those, we're getting those messages. We, we want to turn to somebody for guidance. And we feel like we're, we're turning to somebody who just smooths everything over until the next time. You know, and to me, that is almost religion in a nutshell. It's, it teaches us how to just get along until it's a better day. You know, hey, you know, your earth, your, your heavenly kingdom, wait wait for those days. Don't worry about all this. This is temporary, you know, and it's, yeah, it's temporary, but it's my life now. And I'm also, I'm big on legacy. I'm trying to build something for my, my, my children and my grandchildren and stuff like that. So the things I do now, I need to be worried about now and improving their lives so they can have a better life. And the things that we need to hear, the guidance we need to hear, we're not hearing about we're, we, we talked about, you know, police brutality up and down. But churches should do it like you buy some of churches, You don't even have to have a mega church. You have these regular churches in Mobile or Birmingham and stuff like that. And the pastors are still doing well off, but you have so many people in that church living below the poverty line. And I'm not saying they need to make donations, but there's, I rarely see uh, economic education in churches, things that we need as people church. I talked about this a few episodes ago. Churches should be telling everybody that everybody in that church needs a life insurance plan. I'm, I'm tired of, I'm tired of uh, going to funerals and having to preach, knowing the family selling fish plates the day before the funeral to pay for this. So my, my 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 congregation. I, I urge you all. I'm gonna have Brother Dada who sells life insurance to come in here and do the and help everybody get a plan.
0: Better yet, better yet. Why don't they have a group life policy? At the church. You're a member of my church. You got a $10,000 policy automatically. That's part of your tithes and offerings. Because you pay
1: your tithes to the storehouse. And that's one thing I I talked about back in, like, I did this whole, like, video on 2016. Called a lot of flack for my family. Because when I say I'm a man... Ferg, you you hit on it, man. I was in church Sunday through Sunday, like literally every day. I played my first two years of college. You know, I went home every weekend to play. So I played the organ and the drums growing up in the church. And so everything, even up until 2016 in the church, I was attending, involved. I was doing the sound, uh, running microphones around the sanctuary. I was doing the sign um, outside when you when you passed by the church, anything that was on the sign, I was doing that. I was filling up the vending machines. I was hosting the events. So I've always been a church boy, as they call it and so that's the biggest thing it's like a lot of stuff in there i say it's a lot of stuff in the bible that we say or read but we don't believe or live yeah. by. because if you're paying your ties to the storehouse what is the storage right your storage if you got a storage unit out in the backyard it's for that stuff that you need when you need it you want it to be there now i gotta run through hoops okay i paid ten thousand dollars in the last two years three years in ties but now when i'm on my last leg and i'm hurting I got to talk to this committee. And then I got to go through this committee. And then they got to make me feel like crap because, oh, well, how did you get in this situation? And how did you, well, maybe because $10,000 is I in gave the storehouse. <laughs> Can you help me? Can you please help me? And so that's the thing. It's like these policies, all that stuff. And I know it'll be people here and saying my church does that. And it's almost like, looking at that successful black person, right? We find that one individual story of success and we want to make it Mm -hmm. all. For the most part, the black church, let's just be real, the black church is failing because I've I've heard multiple stories. And the thing about it, when you speak out about certain stuff, what you put out in the universe, you attract it. And so I've heard so many stories of people that went through different things, man. And they say, yeah, man, you know, this is how much I gave to the church. And man, when we were on our lap, we were down and out they made me feel like crap Mm -hmm. just to say, look, we're going to look over it. what? You know, I paid for this parking lot. A lot (laughs) of it is is
0: just bad money management too, though. I mean, you know, being a banker, I've, I've done loans for churches. I've, I've had to work through um, foreclosures on churches, you know, and, and everything. So it's like very, very poor money management. They, they push their budgets to the limit is they can't help that person that's on the hard times because the church is really on a hard time too. every last dime that coming into ties is going to the building fund and going to keeping the lights on and, and making sure that we got new mics and all this stuff that we need to make it attractive to people so that they will come. And, and so we were spending money on the wrong thing instead of like you, you guys have said, actually preaching and talking about the things that matter to everybody. I mean, it, you, it, it's like clockwork. You can go about a year and a half and you're going to hear the same sermon that the pastor said, you know, last year, a year, a uh, half ago, because they just rinse and repeat the same couple of stories that they have. And you know, like Ferg said, everybody's looking for guidance and and they end up going to that good old guidance whiskey. Make sure you go get you some.
3: But anyway. Yes, <laughs> um, <laughs> Way to work that in.
0: Yeah, Got to throw that in there. Uh, we're trying to get a sponsorship, guys. Y'all reach out to guidance to tell them you heard about them from us. But it, it, that's what it is, man. It's like. My, my story is kind of the same as, as you guys, where. Growing up in the church, Sunday to Sunday, there every day, uh, you know, junior deacon doing everything, all that playing, you know, play the trumpet at the church, like everything. And and really what opened my eyes was our deployment to Afghanistan. For her, it was like seeing people from a different religion going through and still having their faith and everything, and and just saying, these folks are feeling the same way we're feeling. You know, a lot of folks talk about, oh, well, as a Christian, if you pray hard enough, then, you know, God will bring you through and everything. And I'm like, well, you don't think a Hindi person prays to God and, and say, hey, it gets me through? Or, uh, you know, an Arab person who isn't really praying to the same God as you. I just wanted to let y'all know that the only difference in in Muslim religion and Christian religion is believe, uh, believing that Jesus Christ is the son of God because they still believe that he's a uh, prophet. just throwing that out there anyway but seeing those people and seeing all these different religions and seeing it and reading the book ishmael anybody go out read the book ishmael and it's maybe just start thinking and i i just couldn't get jiggy with you know everything it, that, that was being told to me. And so you start asking questions and asking questions jiggy and looking for it. I couldn't get jiggy with Jesus, but I couldn't get jiggy with the message that was being told, especially because growing up in the black church, you know, you, you had, there, there was a message that's being told in the black church. Uh, and, and I just wasn't feeling that. And I've been searching and searching and searching and, and you know, even going in church in the Highlands where it's it's a white church, but I was able to get through the noise and because the, the it, it's funny the the message is very different at a white church than a black church. So if you've ever gone to both, uh, the messages are very, very different. And there it was a message that spoke to me a little bit more because I wasn't, you know, a, a lot of black church um, sermons are about. You know going through and getting through the pain and being poor and being able to get through it and and I wasn't in that situation, so it wasn't speaking to me like that anymore so that's and that's how a lot of people end up at those mega churches Byron. uh a lot of times is because the the small church isn't speaking to you anymore because you just say you can't you can't you can't relate that's a great this, point
2: that is to those that, things
0: anymore so that's a yeah, great yeah, point. You, you switch. And so, you know, you, you switch and you, now I've, I I thought I found somewhere that, you know, okay, they're, they're kind of talking about more things that relate to me. I'm, 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 I'm being fed and I'm getting, I'm understanding more about my situation and, and it's relating to me more. And so that's why you end up at the, the mega church or the white church. And then I had the, the whole thing with Pastor Chris. So now, boom, I don't know where I'm going, but you know, that's, that's how people are, especially our generation, I feel, I feel like is they're, they're pulling away because we just aren't speaking to them or the church isn't speaking to them anymore. They can't, the, the, the fire and brimstone isn't working anymore. The you going to hell isn't working anymore. You know, oh, it's okay to be poor and, you know, you'll get your riches in heaven. Ain't working no more. <laughs> People are like, nah, play a- I you need mine right now. Yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> I work too hard. I got student loans. Yeah, yeah. I work too
3: hard.
2: No, no
0: you, need to, you need to be up there like, no, y'all need to live. give a living wage. We need to be talking about the politics and stuff. That whole, that that idea of separation of church and state it's great for the state side. I agree that the state should keep religion out of it. I don't agree that religion should keep the state out of it. I think churches need to be talking about, hey, what what do we believe?
1: Where are you going to vote? How we're voting as a voting? It goes back to the infrastructure. Yeah. They got the perfect yeah. infrastructure because we're all there. It's these huge buildings. And that was the difference between the church and the um, civil rights movement and mm-hmm. now. It was the meeting place. It was the place where you go talk about this stuff. It was the safe haven. Now it's, oh, well, well, we can't talk about that there, brother. Yeah. Oh, I, can't, <laughs> I can't
3: speak for young people, but, you know, I saw a movie called Drum that came out around the time Mandingo came out. And there's a scene in it where the, the slave masters are sitting at the dinner table. And one of the slave masters is complaining to the other ones. He's like, you know, I just, I I, I can't keep my niggers in, in, in line. You know, they, they always ready to rebel and, and, and they don't listen. And, and the other slave master said, while wiping his mouth and chewing, he said, give them niggers some religion. <laughs> they'll learn how to act then. That ain't sit right with me then. I think <laughs> that's... It was DNA. That was the
2: spark. That was a spark. The more we did research, because information was readily available, the more we started researching and challenging religion, it's kind of like... any, And to a certain extent, we might have overthought it. And, you know, like, well, religion was forced on us. You know, uh, we we believed that we had all these tribal ancestry religions and, religions and stuff like that prior to here. Because there was Christianity in Africa prior to slavery and stuff like that. Now there was missionaries and there were that, that was a whole nother story. I'm not going out down that route, but I think a lot of us just rejected organized religion as a whole. And you hit on something risey where you were talking about, about the message and we're not, a lot of us are, we're doing better than our parents. We're not that, that, that generation where there was always a struggle. Some of us are doing really well financially and we're looking for more. Like I'm I'm not relating to that struggle story anymore. I want that next level and I will play devil's advocate. Like the church I was attending or I try to attend here because I'm trying not to just reject, reject Christianity or religion, just because I overthink things. Higher dimension, pastor Jay usually has a pretty good message. Like I still, there's still things that I've learned from him that I bring to the table to this day, even with our church's uh, premarital counseling. It was just that semi mega church ish feel. We had, there's three sermons during the day one on the south side of Houston, one over in Katy near me, and one back at the, in the south side where we started at. And I mean, he takes a helicopter. I mean, like, it's kind of just like, it's just, it, it's just something about it. And I guess I have mixed emotions. It's like, he, he's doing well, you know, he can afford certain things. He drives a nice car and has a nice house, has all this stuff, you know. And I feel like the the church, the people that attend that church are, I mean, it is in the hood. So there you know, there are some people who are probably financially struggling, but there's people who commute from all over Houston to go to that church. It's one of the bigger black churches in Houston. so. But yeah, I, I, mean, I have mixed feelings, though. like to that point it's like, oh, but there's so many people struggling in this neighborhood and this dude got a helicopter.
0: Yeah, I mean, but there's there's a there's levels to it, too. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, because you got to think about if he has three campuses like that, however many people given to him, he still has to manage that money. And so let's be honest, you you have to put a little bit of business side to that, too. He has to manage that manage that staff. He probably has a staff of 300 400 people oh, he, um, he, to manage all of that. He he probably is here ha- you're, you're talking millions and millions of dollars running through that church probably monthly if not annually. Uh so yes, he probably is on a salary that is equitable to a private industry CEO. Um, because he probably has revenues larger than that that private equity or that private industry CEO. So you you do have to look at that. Like I'm not mad at them when you look at the the amount of money that those churches bring in and the amount of people that they talk to and the money that they take from, from the church, it, it, as long as it's, it's, it's small relative to what they bring in. Um, I'm okay with that. I mean, truthfully I am because I, I look at it from a business perspective too.
2: Yeah. I think my biggest thing is I'm having a hard time submitting to organized religion because I just feel like organized religion as a whole, it itself has too many flaws. Like I feel like it's a controlling Mm -hmm. mechanism.
1: Yeah. When you said that, man, that word right there, organized religion, it's, it's huge. Right. And it tied back to something that Rozzy said for me, this is what I think. And that's why I tell people I no longer submit to organized religion. And here's the reason why. Because one thing that Roger said is when you go across the world, people have their different ways that they connect to God, right? God is in us all, right? That's one thing, even what you talked about when you hear those same old sermons. That's one thing, that that's scripture that get, just gets skipped over. Ye are God. <laughs> so it's one of those things where people relate to God in a different way. My problem with it is that it puts that division up we're always talking about let's come together and this and that and blah 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 we have uh different denominations within christianity and then all these other it's over 4200 religions in the world and so what who am i to say that the one i've chosen is right and all three of y'all y'all wrong and you're destined to an eternal negative fate and so that's my biggest issue with it it's what you know one of the things I take out of and I hold with me from religion and my you know growing up in religion is that a tree is known by the fruit it bears and so like I'm checking your fruit man I don't care who you are some of the best conversations I've had in the last five years and even in this last two months of this whole climate that we're in right now has been with an atheist former client that I used to have personal training client. And so that's the thing. It's like, okay, what, what is the fruit that these people are about? And that's the issue right there. It says that the one that you have is the correct one. And everybody else, the millions of people in this world that believe differently from you is wrong. And that's where generation yeah. Z is saying, that's some bull. Billions. I don't Billions. agree with it. And it can't, it can't be yeah. right. This can't be right when we're saying, let's come together. Let's stop war. Let's stop hate. Let's stop crime. Let's stop all this on a major scale. But yet every Sunday and Wednesday, you're telling me don't do like them. Don't do like the Baptist. Don't do like the Methodist. Don't do like the Muslim. Don't do like the Sikhs. Don't do like the the Buddhists, And it keep going on and on. And so that's my issue with it. And, and when you said that organized religion, that's my biggest thing. Guys, check this out. What, what if when you were going to Sunday school, right? We we all went to Sunday school, mm-hmm. right? When you were three, four, five years old, and they said, this week or this month, we're doing a whole series on Judaism. Next month, we're doing a whole series series Islam. on the Buddhist space. Yes. Next, yes. yes, Muslim. And guess what? Now, just like you teach us the education that you want us to assimilate into when we get done with your K-12 system, now I'm going to teach you every single religion known to man. How it started, any meetings they had to organize it, what happened through its beautiful as well as its ugly past. And now by the time you get 12, 13, 15, 18 years old, you graduate into making your own decision. Wow. How beautiful of that? How beautiful will it be in the world if now, oh yeah, you're Muslim. Yeah. So I could talk to you about, you know, 600 AD and this and that happened and blah, 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 blah. Oh, oh yeah. You belong to one of the Abrahamic religions. Oh, okay. You're Western Eastern. I see the God in you, and that's no mistake, right? And we say, even as a Christian, you hear that no mistake, man. You're talking that crazy yeah. stuff, but no mistake is simply the God in me recognizes the God in you. And so, man, what kind of world will we be in if now we recognize all the difference? That's what we talk about in America, right? We should accept all the differences. And we shouldn't see color. How? We're not taught that way. Sunday is the most divided day of the week in the United States of America. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and true. so that, that's
2: my spirit. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> man, you hit on it, dude. I mean, that, because we talk about education the same way. I always say education and religion are the biggest controlling and dividing factors in, especially the U.S., if not the world. And, and that's yeah. part of it. You know, like the fact that you're, you're, The same with the education system saying, hey, these are the things that are important to you. This is what's going to make you a good person. These are the things that you need to learn to survive in this country. Religion, same thing. Believe this. Learn this. Don't learn this. And I think people hide behind religion. And that's part of it, too, because if you look at, and this is my last comment, really, on this, when you talk about politics, and, you know, Byron, you brought this up the other day, you know, Black people are... Traditionally. Democratic, but they have so many conservative damn their Republican views. But when we look at what we see from the Republican Party, who kind of has this deep religious background. And you're like, you're you're supposed to be the Christians and you allowing this, this isn't this, this or you believe this isn't or you elected this person or you let this slide like I don't get it. Now I think our generation and the generations behind us are just tired of like people hiding behind religion, letting them letting that dictate or dictate or be the excuse for their their actions. So um man, Mike James, man, some powerful stuff, brother. Anything else, yeah. fellas? All right. Well, we're gonna go ahead and close on out. Rise, what you got for us?
0: Couple things, man. Uh, first uh- Want to uh, joke on August Alcina a little bit?
1: <laughs> Speaking of jokes, did y'all see the meme that it said? So, so Jada did July about August? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> or, or, or the other one is um, it's only July and uh, Jada'n already been through August.
2: Yeah, yeah. that's crazy. Uh, man. Um,
0: yeah, just wanted to joke on her and. The other part about it is, uh, on a serious note, I was uh, everybody kind of talks a little bit about conservatism, and um, I, I heard listening to politically entertaining again. Love, I, I I loved that episode, thanks, and that, thanks and for the plug. No, no problem, man, no problem. But one what, what, one thing, I um, you know, Senator Langford, he got on there and he was talking about how people automatically assume Republicans are racist, um, and, and and how. You know, conservatives uh, are are labeled racist, and and I don't agree that all Republicans are racist. But what I will tell you, and this is just me talking, so I don't want to put the other three brothers on the spot or, or about this. But um, conservatism is racism. I'm gonna just throw it out there, and the reason why I say that is. What are you trying to conserve? You're trying to conserve the racist systems that actually divide and hurt my people. That's what you're trying to conserve. So when you say you are conservative and you don't want to progress, you are racist and not from a I hate black people. It's I support the racist systems that hurt black people. That's what you're telling me when you say I'm a conservative. I just want to throw that out there. And buff is on you, Doctor Claude Anderson. Doctor Claude Anderson,
3: man, powerful <laughs> right
2: there. Y'all to see Buff's face. I'm just so like, ooh, is go left or right.
3: Uh, <laughs> so, so first off, thanks for the plug, Riley. Appreciate that. Politically entertaining. We interview a United States senator, so it's kind of a big deal for such a you know, we're not a big podcast, so kind of a big deal. Um, so I kind of like what some of Razio said, but I won't get into that because that'll be a whole nother show. I just want to touch on people stop being selfish. Um, I'm seeing so many people complain about wearing a cloth mask. It's just a mask. And I think, um, I Razio, you touched on it at the beginning of the show. Like, if you have someone that works in hospitals or in the medical field that you care about, And for no other reason, do it for them, because if you look at hospitals in Texas, they're getting overwhelmed with COVID patients. If you look at uh, Florida, Arizona, even California is getting back up there. Like, all they're asking you to do is wear a mask to help slow down the spread of this virus. And you ninjas out there bucking that. It's like, stop being selfish, man, and just look out for your fellow person. Because. It's real and it's not going anywhere. And, you know, you're not I mean, I know you want to be woke and all of this stuff like that. And I know it's popular to be woke and I know it's popular to buck the, uh, the government in directions and directions and do your own thing. But I'm just telling you, until we all collectively do what they're asking us to do, we're never going to get past this. And it's an inconvenience for everybody. So stop being selfish. Just wear the F-U-C-K-I-N-G
2: mask. That's
3: all we asking, man.
2: Love it. Mike, it's on you, baby boy
1: man you know what i I just uh, man y'all that's that's heavy i I don't want to follow that because what rosie said with that i just heard dr claude anderson like conservative what are you conserving and then man what buff said that's that's so true for me man i I just tell people especially during this time right we're in a season where we don't know when the season is going to end we see the memes we see all the stuff coming out about man we're on level seven now (laughs) you know, July 1st. So it it keeps coming at us. It's bombarding us, you know, information. It's an overload right now. And so what happens is I tell people to tap into the inside, tap into that source and fix what's going on inside and find you a release, no matter what that may be. Because here's the thing, we hold a lot of stuff in, right? And things held in becomes pressure. I always say pressure busts a pipe. And so now we're depressed. And so whatever that relief is, man, one of the things with quarantine and everything going on, man, I started putting yoga into my routine. And man, I I lift weights, like yoga, what? Man, I want to hit the weights. But it was one of those things where it forced me to do it. So, you know, the, the stretching and mobility and breath work and just getting that release, I encourage everybody to find a release, whether it's writing in your journal, you know, writing it down, uh, speaking it, whatever, find that release, man. Cause impo- it's important to do that because if you don't, now you have a situation where we're going into mental health and deeper issues because you haven't found that release. So tap into the source, man, fix what's going on inside, man, and, and just find good people who you can, uh, you know, confide in and to, and just talk to just a listening ear and not a judgmental ear. So that's, that's my little, uh, closing thoughts. Yeah. man. And, hey. and tell them, tell them where they can find you at, man. Man, I tell people now the easiest way is my link tree because um, they can find my Twitter. Man, I'm, I, I didn't, I've didn't succumbed to the TikTok craze, man. <laughs> so my TikTok, Facebook, Instagram, website, um, my uh, link tree is P and Z for life. So it's P-A-N-D-Z, the number four, life. Um, and you can find me there, Facebook. Just really search on any platforms, including LinkedIn, you know, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Z for life. And that should come up PNZ life coaching as well on Google.
2: Well, Mike, uh, next week when we drop this episode, we're going to have a post uh, featuring you and we're going to have a segment ask Mike James segment so they can kind of reach out and see what it is to talk to a life coach. How does that sound?
1: That sounds great, man. It's it's a segment that I started a while ago and it didn't it didn't catch any gravity. So I, I canceled it. But yeah, I welcome okay. that man and I tell people that all the time because that's that's what that's why I do what I do, man. You know, that that question, you know, and sometimes I just do that, you know, the new Facebook messenger room. Sometimes I just put ask a life coach. So
2: yeah, I welcome All right, that. that's what's up, man. And you kind of led me to where I wanted to go. It's about mental health, you know, everything's going on right now and there's adults and you know, a lot of people are under a lot of stress. This is lasting a lot longer than we thought it was going to be, and it doesn't seem like it's getting any better. But it's easy to see how it's affecting adults. But let's not forget the kids, people. Like, it's, it's, it's tough for us. Um, I think this is going to be something, 2020 is going to be something we all remember. But for our, our young people, this is going to define part of their life. I mean, there's kids getting ready to go to school for the first time. School's open in another month or so. We don't know what that's going to be like. So really find something. um, Help your kids find an outlet. Don't forget them. Don't don't leave them out. You know, talk to them about what's going on. Uh, I was reading an article today from New York Times, and it was saying how, at the end of the day, they think kids are going to be the hardest uh, affected by this. You know, there's so many different things from, you know, the job market being the way it is and so many parents losing their jobs that the kids are feeling the brunt of that stress as well. So talk to your kids, be there for them, pay attention to the signs, you know, maybe seek counseling, seek seek something for them, be aware of what's going on with them. I talk to Skylar about it all the time. We pray about it. She prays for uh, the world and the virus to end. So people. Pray for the kids. Look out for the kids. Keep them on their mind. Keep an eye out for them. So this is Three Brothers No Sense. As you know, anybody want to do it? Y'all got the the six, six rules of podcast?
3: Come on, Byron. And listen, like, and share. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Come on. Uh, S- comment, subscribe. comment,
0: subscribe. Listen again, listen again baby. <laughs> <okay>. listen,
2: <laughs> listen, like, share, subscribe, comment, and most importantly, listen again. Uh, no what I'm <laughs> <laughs>